0: A reading from the first chapter of the gospel according to Mark, beginning with the fourth verse. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins and the people from the whole Judean countryside, and all of the people from Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. The word of God for us, the people of God, thanks Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Do you remember what I asked you at the beginning of the service? Why? Why? Why why was Jesus why did Jesus come to the Jordan River for a baptism of the forgiveness of sin? Did you hear what John was doing? Now, this was something new in his day. And if you read from the other gospels, you see that the religious experts were not happy with John. Because he was calling on Hebrew people to do a thing that was normally reserved for Gentiles who were coming into Israel. Gentiles who were converting to Judaism or or coming to follow Yahweh, the God of the Hebrew people. But John was offering this, this washing, this bath to people who were already children of Abraham. And they wondered, how dare you do this thing? What is it that you are doing, John? Who are you? What sign are you making by doing this? And he called the people. And he called the people that. Were the same people that Isaiah had cried out that their righteousness was like filthy rags, that they were broken by their sin and their brokenheartedness, that they were underneath something that kept them, that kept them buried, that they were like children who had wandered in the world all day and had become dirty with the muck of the world. They were like little ones who needed a bath, they needed for someone to come and wash them clean. And Isaiah had cried out. He said, tear open the heavens, Lord, and come down. I wonder, did you notice that that Mark says that when Jesus was coming up out of the water, that he saw heaven torn open? Something's happening here that's more than just some rope thing. And a lot of people think about baptism that way these days. And you might remember back during the previous year, well, we had a like a two-month stand where we talked about baptism every week, right? When we were working through the, the Roman epistles, and, and we just remember this kind of sense that our baptism transforms and changes us and marks us as something different. This baptism that John was doing was a specific thing, a washing to take sin away. And it reminds me of when I was a kid, and my brother and I would go out in the yard and play hard, because when I was a kid, you couldn't stay in the house. Y'all remember that? We're in the house, somebody was going to ask us, why are you in the house? Because we did this thing called go outside and play, John. Did you know that? That's not John. That's John William. John's not there. When I was a kid, we would go out and we would play. And I talked about this in, a, in my last church. We would get granny beads. Y'all know what granny beads are? How in the world is my family, the only family in the world, talks about granny beads? Kimbo's shaking his head. He's had granny. But he's a Lancaster boy. He was playing in the same red dirt I was playing in. Listen. When you go outside and you work and you run and you play in the woods and you run around and you do all this stuff all day, doesn't the world stick to you? Have you ever noticed that? You get dirty, don't you? Well, when you're a little kid and you do all that and you come back into the house, you got rings of dirt in your neck folds. Granny beads, get it? And that's what they called it. And my mama would put me and my brother in the tub together. Now listen. It's one thing to get in the tub and have your own dirt in the water. <laughs> it's a whole other thing to get in the tub with somebody else and getting in their dirt, right? Do you see how horrifying that is? I mean, if you were to think about it, if somebody said, hey, all of us adults are going to run down to the community bathtub once a day and we're all going to get in and we're going to get our filth washed off of us. And we're, but the water's all going to be filthy, isn't it? But this is the idea that John is working with that all of the people could come down and get in this water together and that their sins would be washed away by that water and flow off into the ocean somewhere and be gone forever and they could be free from it. They could be free from their sin and their brokenness. This is why John the Baptist was calling them to as a precursor to what Jesus was going to do. Did not you hear what he said? He said, I baptize you in water, but Jesus will give you the Holy Spirit. The baptism that we receive because of the death and resurrection of Jesus is beyond that of John. But the basic premise is the same. When we come to the waters, we are washed of our sin. We receive new birth, a new life. We become a new person. And just like those people who submitted to John's baptism, we get bathed and cleansed. So why was Jesus baptized? This was an embarrassment for the early church. I think that's why you see it in all four Gospels. It's not something they would have made up. Because it appears as if Jesus is descending to something. It appears as if Jesus is somehow admitting that he had sinned, but listen to what listen to what the New Testament says about Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5 for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Paul is saying that Jesus was without sin. 1 Peter 2, he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. What is Peter saying? Is he not saying that Jesus was without sin? What do you think, church? Isn't that the plain language? Listen to this from Hebrews 4, one of my favorite passages. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Are you glad? Are you thankful to know that Jesus knows what it is to be broken and sad and lonely and hurt? He can sympathize with our weaknesses. And listen to this. But we have one who was in every respect tested just like we are, yet was without sin. And in 1 John 3, you can read these words. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that He was revealed to take away sins. And in Him there is no sin. Dear ones, this sinless Jesus comes down to the water and is revealed to us. As the Son of God. God says, you are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is no different than when the angel sang at his birth. And he was revealed to us to be the heart of God lying in a manger. Remember that from Christmas Eve? That was an awesome, epic, 12-minute sermon. In the core of it, the core of that began with the question that somebody asked on the internet. They said, how is it that I know so many people, but I don't really know anyone? And the reason is that the other people had not chosen to reveal themselves to that person. And I shared with you a writing from one of my current teachers that I'm reading, who said that, Disclosure of another person is what allows us to be their friend. That someone has to show us their true self. That if we really want to go from friendship with someone to deep friendship, we have to reveal our heart. True? You've had that experience, you know what that's like. You meet somebody one day, and you think, "I like this person." So then you have lunch with them some point, and the next thing, you know, you're telling them your deepest, darkest secrets, and they become your BFF and all of that stuff, all oh, the paint groups looking at each other. Did y'all see them? It's true, isn't it? That's how it is. In that birth. In that coming of this baby, this surrender of God to the care of a teenage girl, we see the very heart of God who will stop at nothing to come for us. To come to us, to wrestle us out of sin, to tear open the heavens and answer the prayer of Isaiah. That the people of God would be restored and renewed. And we see the same thing again today. In this story. The heart of God is still being revealed to us. That is the spirit of epiphany. That in this we get to learn that God has chosen not to be above, coming and standing with us in the dirty bathwater of sin, to remove sin from us, to take it on Himself. And in John's Gospel, that's why John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus, God in the flesh, God Almighty, comes down to the water and gets in the water with all of those people who had come to admit That they were not keeping the law of God. That they were sinful. That they were broken. That they were hopeless. And they came and submitted to John's baptism. And God Almighty stood there side by side with them. And bowed His own head and received that same baptism. To be with us. Let me ask you, does that reveal the heart of God to you? Do you see it? I can imagine that when all the religious professionals showed up, they looked down in the water and they saw all these people and thought these fools. Look at them admitting in the open that they're sinners. Look at them coming here and admitting that they they need some kind of change, that they're somehow broken. But Jesus was standing right there with them. He submitted to the same scorn that they were given. He submitted to being looked down upon with them and got into that dirty bathwater with his brothers and sisters to love them. What is said in the book that I mentioned is that we come to know another person when they disclose their heart to us and we choose to believe what they say. Do you hear that, church? We come into true friendship when someone reveals their heart to us, when someone reveals their love for us, or even their own hurts. And we come into that deep friendship when we choose to believe it. Why did Jesus come to the Jordan? Why did one who needed no repentance for sin come? Because we needed for Him to come. Because we needed for God to tear open the heavens and come and stand alongside us in our hurt so that we could believe that he was here and be his friends. And so Jesus calls us into friendship with himself by coming and standing in the waters with us. And as Gregory of Nanz, some ancient church father said, I can't say, I can't say the name right now, Nazianzus said, he didn't come To be relieved of his own defect. But he came to make water holy for all of us. To stand in it with us. And we get to choose today to believe that. To believe that this Jesus has revealed to us the heart of God. Who longs to heal us of our sin and brokenness. And call us to stand shoulder to shoulder with Christ as his brothers and sisters. And we get to do that by reaffirming our own baptism. By renewing our baptismal vows. And being marked and remembering not that we were baptized, but that we are. This remembrance is not, as some people think of it, as, as though we're looking back at something that happened a long time ago that has no bearing. The word remember, if you think about the word, has the word re and member in it, doesn't it? Which means that you're putting something back together that has been torn apart. We are re- being remembered by Christ, being put together into His mystical body through baptism. And as we come to this font today to be marked, we are admitting that He has claimed us in our baptism, that we belong to Him, that we are in Him, and that He has come to stand side by side with us and invite us into friendship with Almighty God. It is no small thing. So we're going to take out our hymnals in a second and turn to whatever page is in the bulletin. And we're going to go through this, and I invite you to hear the words, hear the words, hear the spirit of it. Hear Christ calling to you, standing in the waters himself, and respond in belief, and be a friend of God.